Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Well, hey everyone, welcome to the B4 podcast. My name is Alex. My name is Ashley. And today we are joined with, by Mr. Joe Gruber. Hey, Joe. Hello. <laughs> hey, Joe, we're really happy to have you. And if you're tuning in, um, last week you had a chance to hear from our lead pastor, Brad Williams. And he talked about how we as a church are going to be a church uh, that is a grandfathering church. And what he means by that is a church that is connected relationally to new churches, church plants, um, different things like that. And so this month we're hosting a different lead pastor to introduce him to all of you, but also to introduce their church community and what God is doing there, which is why today we have Joe. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. What people don't know is that we have, the three of us actually, right. up until what, like a month or two ago, have been on the same team together and you actually were on staff with Beaverton Foursquare. So we've gotten to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. We really like you and we want to make sure that the rest <laughs> of the church gets to come to know and love you as well. Um, just curious to start off, like how did you end up becoming a pastor? What has your life journey been like to get you to this point? You don't have to give us all the details, but yeah. a 10,000 foot view would be great. 10,000 foot view. When I was 16 years old, I was going to Church on the Way. Jack Hayford was the pastor in Van Nuys, California. Mm -hmm. I went reluctantly to a youth camp. <laughs> and I just remember, I remember a lot of things. But the one thing that was the most profound thing was that after one of the speakers, I don't even remember who the speaker was, mm -hmm. There was a message, don't even remember what the message was. <laughs> but afterwards, he's, he stood up and just said, hey, I really believe that there's somebody here that God's speaking to, and you're going to be a full-time vocational pastor someday. And wow. if that's you, stand up. And, um, and No I pressure there. And I didn't stand up because <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that. Right. But yet I knew... I knew that I knew that I knew that God was speaking. Wow. So that was the start of the journey. And I ran from that for a lot, a lot of years. And, and it wasn't until 22 years old when I really surrendered my life to the Lordship of Jesus that mm -hmm. I started to, to think about that again. Yeah, and your process of kind of running away led you to a completely different life, career track, th a different thing like that. Absolutely. Which, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of some of the reasons why I ran was just because of a limited understanding of even what a pastor was or a sure. pastor could be, mm -hmm. recognizing that there's a lot of great pastors that are baristas. Mm -hmm. um, right. You know, not don't, you don't have to be paid by a church to be a good pastor, mm -hmm. and so I think limited understanding in a lot of different ways caused me to run, but. I was really excited about the same time I picked up a skateboard for the first time and really fell in love with it. Yeah. And my brother also, younger brother, he's 18 months younger. We picked up skateboards together and just started skating. Yeah. And so we didn't think anything of becoming a professional skateboarder or anything sure. like that. We were just two kids having fun. Right. And 
slowly but surely we started to see some progression in our skills and then we started entering contests and getting sponsored by a local shop um, in an east los angeles suburb and then all of a sudden there was there was a desire and even a dream that was birthed in my heart knowingly now hindsight a little bit clearer vision by god right um to be a pro skateboarder Wow. That's exactly what happened when I turned 20 years old. I turned pro, and you now the rest is history. And now, now I'm a has been pro with crusty and rusty skills. <laughs> I like how you described that journey from like, we just kind of picked it up and my skills developed, and then I turned pro. It's yeah. like, I picked up a skateboard once, my skills never developed, and I definitely could never go pro. <laughs> Maybe the reason I'm not a pro skater is right. because I've never picked one. Right, up, that so. could be it. Maybe your skills would just develop and blossom into it. It really does help. <laughs> and if you want to be a pro skateboarder, just a uh, little word of wisdom is you got to pick up a skateboard. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Actually, like, that's just a good start. That was yeah. the end of my skating career. I'll take, care of, I'll take care of that. I'll get you a skateboard. We can I see. mean, please don't. I'm very klutzy and it will not well. <laughs> so I could only imagine, you know, you have kind of reached the pinnacle of a, a athletic career. You're a yeah. skateboarder, professional. You're getting paid for it. Kids dream about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really being a professional athlete is a dream that a lot of kids have and very few ever achieve it, right? right? So you're in the very small percentage of people that get to actually take that step. And yet, obviously, your life, you're, I mean, you're not a pro skateboarder right now. You're not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your life took a completely different turn. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What was that like? Yeah, I think some of it was I really, really thought that pro skateboarding was going to, I think it, I thought it was going to really take care of some of the void that was in my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was something that I put a lot of stock in. And when I accomplished it, I'm not saying it wasn't amazing. I got to travel all over the world on somebody else's dime. And, yeah. And to be able nice. to to be able to get paid to do something that yeah. you would normally do for free is called a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but recognizing that there still was a certain level of loneliness and and just still heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's you know God says He puts the eternity in the heart of mankind. Mm-hmm. Just that some people call it a God shaped void in your heart that only God can fill because He created it that way. Right that we were created by him and for him, right? right. And so without a, con- a connection or relationship with him, there's going to be that emptiness. And so when I, when I experienced that, I started to slip down a slippery slope. Yeah. And that slippery slope um, involved drugs and alcohol and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. And I ran from God um, for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And then at 22 years old, I had a... a, a pretty radical encounter with Jesus in my living room. I was living in a party house and just did not have any intention on serving God. Didn't have any problem with believing in God, Mm -hmm. but I did not want Jesus to be my Lord. I did sure. not want him to be my the leader of my yeah. life. I didn't want to submit the reins right. or the control. Because you have something to, to lose, potentially. Totally. That, yeah, yeah. And I was honestly afraid 
that was one of the lies that I was believing was that if I surrender to Jesus, yeah. that he was going to take skateboarding away, sure. mm. which is interesting because not that God doesn't ever take things from us, right. but if he takes things from us, it's all because he has a loving heart right. for us and he wants yeah. to replace, you know, replace those things with better things. But, yeah. um, but I believed that lie and if you know the truth, it'll set you free. If you right. believe a lie, it yeah. empowers the liar. And so right. I was empowering the enemy in my life who really had a heyday of right. coming in and killing, stealing, and destroying. So finally, when I got to a, just a real rock bottom place in my life, I surveyed my life and thought, wow. I'm doing a really terrible job of leading my life. <laughs> I'm ready to give Jesus a shot. <laughs> and sometimes you have to get to that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. I don't think that's always true. Right. Um, certainly right. not. For me, I needed to, I needed to come to my senses. Yeah. And part of the process of coming to my senses that I was a terrible life manager. <laughs> and so I was ready. And I didn't really know what that meant. I just sure. said, Jesus, I'm ready to submit my life to you. Right. And if even if that meant there was just such a wholehearted commitment in that moment, that if that means that you want to take skateboarding away, yeah. um, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I don't really care at this point. I'm just so desperate. I'm so over the drugs, the alcohol, the, the sexual addiction, just all these different things that, that I'm just ready to try Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So and he radically changed my life. And then you became a pastor a week later. No, like, like, no. <laughs> that would be dangerous. <laughs> that would be dangerous. <laughs> that would be dangerous. No, I think that I think that that definitely started a journey of right. where I got involved in a local church. Yeah. And so when I wasn't traveling, skateboarding, doing things, I was involved in my local church and I got involved with just volunteering, being a part of the youth, mm -hmm. um, middle school, high school, whatever. And they probably thought you were so yeah, cool. They loved Let's that. be honest. Yeah. You know they did. Some of them probably did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Celebrity. <laughs> right. I don't think the rollerbladers thought I was cool. <laughs> but, um, the yeah. razor scooters were <laughs> not, they were so into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't remember any, but I've uh, <laughs> washed my mind of such things. No. Um, all Jesus loves rollerbladers. I'm just, just kidding. He, he really, really they loves rollerbladers. They end up in Mighty Ducks. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> mighty Ducks. No, oh, there, it's to good to have that. rollerbladers if you're trying to practice hockey, <laughs> <Yes>. ice hockey. <laughs> We've digressed. No, um, I, think, I think that just that really started, that just started a lot of learning what it looks like to pastor yeah. Um, and just pastoring teenagers and just being involved in their lives mm -hmm. and serving and loving. And that really started me on the journey of, of being a pastor. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like, like, if you want to tell us a little bit about the community that you are planning a church in, but I yeah. know from stories that I've heard from you that your past life as skateboard pro and your past life, even the hitting rock bottom piece has allowed you to uniquely minister to this right. area that you've been called. So tell us a little bit about where you're, where you're planting yeah. and how kind of your life experiences are seem, God has seemed to put those two things together. Yeah, absolutely. I, when we moved to Portland, 
there wasn't there was already a little bit of a history because a we lived in Gresham 15 years ago. Go Gresham. Years. Go Gophers. Yeah, that's, Gresham. That's <laughs> and and so but before that when I was 22 and I gave my life to Jesus and I'm still a pro skateboarder, I came through Portland and I got connected to a ministry called Skate Church mm-hmm. and Paul Anderson was uh, the one that uh, co-founded it with another mm-hmm. guy and and he's been running that ministry for 33 plus years now. Right. And so I and it was amazing because it was an indoor skate facility and they they loved skateboarders mm-hmm. really really well and they built that facility for skateboarders to have a a good safe place, positive place to be able to come and learn about Jesus and and be loved unconditionally and all that. So I came into town, shared my testimony and mm-hmm. got to share with skateboarders. And so whenever I was in town, I would link up with Skate Church. Yeah. And so moving into moving into Portland, I knew that I was going to in some capacity be a part of that ministry just yeah. because for me, I just I love I love all people, but I love skateboarders. Yeah. And yeah. so if I see if I see a hundred people out there and there's one skateboarder, I make a beeline to yeah. that skateboarder mm-hmm. just because of my history. And so, yeah, so we got, I got connected with Skate Church and just started volunteering and showing up, not thinking that it ha- it really was going to maybe have any connection to the local church plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, not caring, sure. just saying, hey, sure. if it never connects, then that's okay too. Yeah. I just yeah. want to do, I just want to serve and love skateboarders. So I yeah. did that. And then I started, started leading the Thursday nights, which was the 18 and over. Mm-hmm. And God just was doing some really, really cool things. And some of the 18 and overs that I just cultivated a relationship with, and even some of the leaders mm-hmm. that are a part of skate church, because yeah. Monday night is, you know, Monday night is middle school, Tuesday night is high school, Wednesday night is elementary, Thursday night is 18 and over. There's a, it's a really amazing ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And so just even some of the leaders building relationships with them saying, hey, we want to be a part of the church plant. So I saw yeah. a little bit of a wave happening, Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit of a swell. So it was, it was really, really good. You know, it's the story of what brought you to Portland again, brought you back here is a very interesting story because you didn't move here to start All City Church um, in Montevilla, you know, Uh, and you landed here to start a completely different church in a completely different community and things changed pretty rapidly, pretty fast. And so I think it's important just to know that story. I would love for you to share bits and pieces of it. And part of the reason why is because I think people you know, will be encouraged by discerning God's will for their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your story is so fascinating. I love the analogy you use. It's like God opened a door that led me to a hallway to a series mm-hmm. of other doors, to, you know? So tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, I think even just backing up a little bit while yeah. we were in Santa Cruz, California, I was pastoring out there for six years with one of my best friends, Danny Bennett. And <laughs> I could have lived there for the rest of my life. I'm just saying. (laughs) Let's be honest, right? And my wife, Katrina, would say yes and amen with a huge exclamation point. But yeah, so I think, you know, there's there's times where God interrupts and disrupts. 
and gives us an invitation into something new. Mm -hmm. And you don't have all the answers. You don't have a lot of the answers. Yeah. Um, in that in that point, I just we we had a few answers, and I had a dream. God gave me a dream. I woke up in the morning. I really felt God's presence. I knew it was God speaking through the dream, and it was that we were to move to Portland to plant a church. Mm -hmm. Three days later, my my daughter, our daughter, was already up here going to Portland State University. Wow. She moved up here about a year before that, and she we were having a dad daughter date via facetime she was eating wings in portland i was eating wings in santa cruz and yeah. i said dad i forgot yeah. i meant to call you a few days ago i had a dream god gave me a dream wow and i said yeah please share it and she said well you and mom moved to portland to plant a church and i'm like well don't have to be the sharpest tool in the shed <laughs> to figure out god was speaking and then if that wasn't yeah. clear enough then my friend Danny, the lead pastor of Hope Church, the church that I was also associate pastor at, he came back that same week from his sabbatical, and he had a dream. The last day he was in Hawaii, and it was me and Katrina moved. Wow. And so that started a journey, and God really did, he really did lead us in a lot of different, just confirming things. Like we right. moved into South Waterfront, you know, which is right near downtown Portland, and and we thought that we were right. going to plant a church there. Yeah. That, that's just how yeah. God was leading us. And and that's not what he had in mind. And, and, and that's exactly what you said is what eventually we figured out that mm -hmm. God did lead us through an open door that was so clearly obvious that it was him doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, into really what was a hallway to wait for another open door right. and just to see, and just to walk through that process of of seeking him to find out, okay, God, not here, then where? Right. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, even Brad Williams and Gabe Barrero and, you know, leaders in my life that have been mentoring me of just calling it year zero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of the reasons why we yeah. call it year zero yeah. to give God opportunity to be able to speak into something or perhaps yeah. redirect. And so that's exactly what happened. We got redirected to Montevilla right. and we moved into yeah. Montevilla March 15th, right when COVID broke out. Right. Like, what is happening? Right. But it was great. We, we were so excited. Like when, when oh, God man. redirected us, we were really, really thankful because South Waterfront did not feel congruent right. with mm -hmm. who we are right. individually and right. as a couple. Yeah. And so we stepped into yeah. more of what God had in mind. I remember time. all of this happening long before we got to know each other. It's really funny how our stories came together and then we right. worked together, yeah. right? Um, but I remember this, group of people coming together. It was, I was there as well in the South Waterfront and we were praying over that church and who would be the right person to come here and pastor. And, you know, we, we stepped away from that and Gabe Brera, our district supervisor, sent us all a note and he said, I have this guy who has the, literally, it's one of the best church planner assessment test results I've ever seen. Um, and I think he's the guy. And, I grew and, up manipulating tests. Yeah. Like, I was so going to say, your face while you say you that, game I wish everyone could see it. And for anyone who's out there going, there's a test for that? It's like, no, it, it's just to make sure that somebody actually like, like has the heart and the skills to do these things and it's in the right place. And and then I remember getting to know you and all of that. And I, I just... I was not shocked when you felt like the Lord called you to Montevilla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as an East Side boy who grew up on the East Side, 
I have to say that I'm very thankful that there's yeah. a great church over there. So. But I'm not the only one that noticed that. Obviously, with what's already been happening out there, um, God has gone before you. He's yeah. prepared you for this. And like, tell yeah. us a little bit about what that's looked like. Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a crazy year. So yeah. you yeah. left off your story of you guys moved before COVID. Yeah. yeah. So give us the like highlights from the 2020 yeah. beginning of 2021. What all has happened in your life, Joe? It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's really <laughs> highlights. There have been so many. Um, there have been so many. I think getting back to moving in, we we felt like God said we wanted to be incarnational in our approach. We wanted to live where we planted. Mm -hmm. And so we, when we knew that we were supposed to plant in Montevilla, that area, just that Southeast area, we felt led to buy a house and kind of put our money where our mouth is, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And uh, just yeah. put all the chips in the middle. And so we did, and when we were when we were just moved in, I just remember thinking, "This is, this has got to be some sort of a sick joke." <laughs> um, COVID breaks out, and the church is people, yeah, right. The church mm -hmm. is people, the people of God, and so all the businesses are shut down. Right, everybody's quarantining. <laughs> Everybody's scrambling to try to, you know, buy masks right. and, and just it's toilet paper. Toilet all paper. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the toilet paper. Which my cat loves to shred, <laughs> by the way. Um, we were, you know, it just it left me for about a week spinning of mm -hmm. just sure. Lord, Lord, do you do you remember like what we left Santa Cruz? <laughs> like we loved it there. Lived like, there forever. Yeah, we <laughs> loved it there. We would have, you know, like yeah. as if he needs reminding. But I remember just. Just praying a lot and um, seeking wisdom, seeking direction. And about a week into it, I remember that he spoke very clearly to me and he said, your assignment hasn't changed, son. Mm -hmm. And that's all I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. That's all I needed to hear. And then he also reminded me of what he said, what Jesus said. He said, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. Right. And so when you're in that place and you're, I mean, church planning already is is challenging. It's a little bit, sometimes a lot of bit lonely. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. I, during a pandemic, I mean, if you, if you search Google how to church plant during a pandemic like nothing shows up yeah, zero no one's results. written that book no yet. there's no yeah. books there's no podcasts like, yeah. like there's nothing right and so it really stripped me down to fix my eyes on jesus he's the best church planner that ever was and ever will be right mm -hmm. and so it was an invitation into a deeper place to be able to really be coached by him yeah. and so that was that was the start of it and then we did the best job we can. But when we were in Santa Cruz, one of the clear things that God spoke to us was keep in step with the Spirit, Galatians 5. Mm -hmm. And so that has been my theme scripture for the last year and a half of just trying to do everything I can to keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah, uh, He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He knows how to lead. He knows how to guide. He's pretty amazing. Right, right. Um, and so I've haven't done that perfectly by any means, right. but I've watched him lead us step right. by step into some really beautiful things. Yeah. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he was doing miracles back then, and he's still doing miracles yeah. now. And and we've seen a lot of incredible things that 
the only thing you can do is point to him. Yeah. What and are some so, examples of that? Well, I'll give you one. There's many, <laughs> but I'll give you one example is, you know, even though, even though the church is people, you need a place to gather. Of course. Um, and so most church plants start in your living room. Right. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, hopefully Jesus grows his church and you break sure. out of the living room sure. and you go try to find a space to be able to rent, whether a school or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, well, through the process of just building relationships. And I really felt like, I felt like part of the strategy for me, the main strategy for me was to just love everybody that God put in front of me. And some of them would adopt me as their yeah. pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the church grew slowly but surely. And and so in that process, uh, we I met a pastor of a church out there in Southeast Portland, a mile and a half from my doorstep. His yeah. name is Jesse. And, and it's been a journey, but they're giving us their building. Wow. Amazing. And it's amazing. an insanely nice building. And it has 56 rooms in it. It's like <laughs> 24,000 square feet. And it's not... Yeah. It's not hurting like it's taken well taken care of inside and out and I'm yeah. like wait a minute God is giving us this of course it's still his we're stewarding sure, and managing sure, his sure, resources sure. but to see that happen it, it, I just it's blown my mind. Right. I told you this. Yeah. I told a couple of other people this but 2020 I've never repented more <laughs> in 2020 sure. than all of the collective years of decades right. of journeying with Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by that. Um, not not sin. I'm not sure. talking about sure. that. Like we need to repent of sin. Right. Um, right. But, but repentance is having a change of perspective. Yeah. And if the goodness of God leads us to repentance, his goodness has chased me down and overtaken me time in and time mm-hmm. again that I just, wow. I have to continue to repent and say, God, you're way kinder, you're way better, you're way more generous, way more loving than I ever great gave you credit yeah. for. And so I feel like all of the years prior, I was just scratching the surface of this incredibly good God. That's so amazing. And um and I still feel like I'm scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it it's so encouraging to hear what God has done in bringing you here to plant and start All City Church. Um I was thinking about this though in a pandemic all sorts of things were unexpected. You also unexpectedly planted another church yeah. <laughs> in a completely different way. Tell us a little bit about mess halls and what that's looked like for you. Yeah, I love when you plan a church by accident. Um, <laughs> total accident. But um, yeah, me and one of my one of my other best friends, Richard Mulder, he's a former pro skateboarder, actually the very first um, skateboarder, professional skateboarder that was sponsored by Nike SB. So ah, that's, that's okay. kind of means something Some here. Beaverton connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that means something in Beaverton. Um, and he and I have always had a desire to plan a church together. Yeah. And and we we would occasionally check in. I mean, we would always we would all like we would always be connected, but we mm-hmm. would check in on that topic. Mm-hmm. And it, we just came to the re, came to the understanding like not now. 
wait, yeah, yeah. not now. And, and maybe even just, you know, just like, we don't know, we don't know exactly what God has in mind, but just surrendering that to God and just saying, well, this is a desire of our hearts, but right. we don't know if that's ever going to materialize. Right. So just submit it to him and trust him through it. And we, we were having a FaceTime. We had weekly FaceTimes and, and I remember, I remember, um, he, I asked him, I said, Hey, have you, have you seen those things on Instagram? Cause everybody's going digital, right? Like everybody's yeah. digital and yeah. from, you know, working from home to right. students learning to churches are trying to do everything digital, whatever. And there was this thing on Instagram that was a, a live kind of a dual pain thing where, where both of you are just mm-hmm. talking, having a conversation. And I asked him, I said, I thought it was cool. I thought, have you, have you ever done that? And he's, he's all, no. And um, he's all, do you want to try it? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, <this> feels <laughs> no I don't. Yeah. I was just asking. Like, and he said, let's do it. Let's do it right now. And he, before I could even answer. He's calling. Yeah. Yeah. He hung up FaceTime and he's doing it on Instagram. <laughs> and so I got roped into this thing and we just ended up talking about Jesus and life for about yeah. 45 minutes. And we got, <laughs> we were getting hit up left and right private message um, yeah. and just um, wow. people giving their lives to Jesus through it. Uh, one, one guy ended up getting, you know, baptized and just, we just saw, wow. Okay. Digital. <laughs> All right. But, and we never did that again. Right. But what we ended up doing was we started, we start, we launched a digital church that we call mess halls Yeah. and it's via zoom. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have, I don't even know, like 150, 175 people now tuning wow. in all over the <laughs> world. And we have actually meetings happening Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Friday morning. And, and yeah. we're just we're just loving anybody and everybody that wants to tune in. Yeah. And so we're doing book clubs on it. We're doing a prayer and intercession one where we had we had 35 not this this not today but last week we had 35 people show up for prayer at 7 a.m yeah. which yeah. is like Over I, I mean yeah. i've been in yeah. ministry yeah. for a long time and the, the quickest way to get nobody to show up is is launch a prayer meeting. right right and especially so, at that hour <laughs> at yeah. That, yeah exactly yes. and so just thinking that god has wow. i don't know That's it feels cool. like we we jumped on board with what god was mm-hmm. blessing yeah. It was his idea. We stumbled on it. I would love to give ourselves credit for being so incredibly strategic, and we're just yeah. not. Yeah. And so God's blessed it. And then through the process of building relationships with people in Portland, I started plugging some people because it's not for everybody. Sure. Digital digital church is not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started plugging some of the local Portlanders um, into that, yeah. which was helping so me cool. start to build All City Church, right. which is more of a traditional, typical church plant. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I remember early in the pandemic, we get on these team meeting calls and uh, you would be in your home office and behind you would be a sign that said, All City Church. Mm-hmm. And then you would play a magic trick and you would take that sign down yeah. and you would put up mess halls. <laughs> and so the international office of both is literally <laughs> in your home. Right. But uh, just recognizing you wear a lot of different hats. And I'm just curious, how can we as a community of faith here mm. before be praying for you guys and supporting what's going on? Wow. I, you know, I, th- I think... I think I would, I, first of all, I'd have to say that 
that B4 has been such a blessing in the way that as a community from staff to you guys to um, people that I'm getting to know, you know, just at B4, Brad. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I, I get choked up just with emotions of thinking of just how very supportive you guys have already been. And so like if, if there was no additional support that came at all, like not one iota, I would still walk away incredibly grateful. Mm -hmm. And so um, that said, I, I just, I mean, I think continued prayer, obviously, but I think one of the ways too is recognizing that, you know, from my doorstep of my house to before, before you know, the property here is 15 miles. Mm -hmm. And so I know that... Uh, probably the vast population of people that are a part of before are mostly, mostly on the West side of the river. Sure. Um, so rec the recognition of there's probably not a ton of people, uh, the, the people that I meet on the West side, love the West side. Right. People that I meet on the East side, love the East side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a turf battle happening. I'm playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I grew up in gangland. It's nothing like that. But um, the, so I think, so I think the, the expectation or hope or realization that there would be anybody that would be a part of before that would want to sure. be a part of all city. Mm -hmm. You know, we're off of 67th, mm -hmm. Southeast 67th. That's mm -hmm. pretty, it's not deep. It's, sure. not, it's not Keith sure. Jenkins. Yeah. It's not, it's not Gresham. <laughs> it's not two shout out, to, right? shout out to PK. He's right. deep. Yep. Um, but so that that's definitely one of those things. It's like I don't uh, know. There might be people that are just say we've we've been sensing that God is leading us to to relocate over to the east side. I would just say you know hop in. The water's warm, but right. um, so that could be something. Or or maybe there's people that just say I church planning sounds amazing. That sounds fun. We don't have to move to be able to be a part of something for three months, six months, a year of just saying, Hey, sure. we want to help get the baby out of the womb and yeah. maybe help get the baby crawling and walking and running. <laughs> um, you know, and then financially too, obviously that's, that's always, um, that's always a plus, but um, I think those are, those are, and prayer is that I just, I really believe that every move of God is always going to be birthed with the foundation of prayer. Right. So for me, that would be the biggest petition is just prayer. And are there specific things that as people are listening that you would like prayer for either for yourself or for all city for mass halls, any of those things? Yeah. Um, I think, I think the biggest prayer is, is that the, the right people would come be a part of it mm -hmm. because in as much as we so, so, so want to reach people. Yeah. We also have the recognition and the awareness that in order to do that, you have to build a strong team of believers. Right. And so, and God has been so faithful in seeing that, just seeing that come to fruition. So mm -hmm. I, he's been so faithful. Like, honestly, it's so funny because you asked that and, and it's weird because on one hand, on one hand, I could give a list of ways that people could get involved and help and support. Right. And then on the other hand, the, you know, just the dichotomy of recognizing that, that 
God is supplying all of our needs right. according to his riches. Right. And so he's been really, really doing that. Every single yeah. day I'm blown away by just some new thing that God's doing, and I'm just blown away by his goodness. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's like, uh, I need a ton of support. <laughs> I don't need any support. Like, right. God seems to have this covered. Right, um, right. Yeah, there's a, I guess there's a paradox there, but yeah, I don't know so if that good, answers man. the no, question. No, it's, but. it's perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, Thank and we'll you. make sure we will have a link to All Cities website or any other things yeah. you think would be helpful if people want to get in contact with you. Perfect. Um, so if you're listening to this and you feel really called to be a part of what Joe's doing, you will be able to look in the show notes and find ways to reach out to him. Or when in doubt, you can always email us and we'll email Absolutely. you to him and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's been a pleasure to have you with yeah, us man. today, Joe. So much fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Thank you. We miss having you in the office with us. Right. I miss being that. here. I <laughs> really do. I love, so I love you guys so much. We're so excited about what you guys are doing thank over you. in Montevilla and excited that we get to partner with you. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you all for listening to us today. We are so glad that you decided to join us and that you got to get to know Joe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure again to check out his links, see what's going on at All City. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the B4 Church podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes so that you never miss an episode. And we will see you next week. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at B4Church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.